Hey all you Bonanza brothers, welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House, episode 27, fuck, <laughs> shit, that's my favorite number. Is I'm it really? host, the smaller, fatter Bonanza bro, Sam Kingma, and join me as my best friend and co-host, the taller, skinnier, blue Bonanza bro, Miles J. Miles, what is your favorite number? Uh, 32, actually. That's it. 32. Okay, so we'll be getting to that in about a month and a week. Give That's never... 32 does not happen. What, what, episode 32 does not happen? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant calendar day number 32. Yeah, that's what I meant. No, but week 32 of the show, not not like October 32. Yeah, episode 32 of the show, because we're in episode 27, and 27 is my We are going to make it to episode 20. I, saw, I thought you were talking about a, a date, a specific... Yeah, well, yeah, you will, yeah, you will never arrive at at December 32nd. <laughs> I love I love all the comments that are like, oh boy, I can't wait for December, or for 2020. January 1st, and it's... <laughs> yeah, December 32nd, 2020. <laughs> Or some fucking fucking Lovecraftian fucking word as like the thirteenth hidden month that yeah. we had all along, like the fucking midnight channel, the the dark hour. Yeah, the fucking dark hour, the dark, <laughs> the, the dark dude, month, the dark month. I thought that was just February. <laughs> fucking Chicago, it is, dude. <laughs> it's it's getting Black so History dark. Month. It's getting so dark outside now. It's uh it's still it's still light outside. I had a weird day yesterday because I left my apartment for the first time at 6 p.m. Um and I had my my blinds closed and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to go out and it's going to be night." And I was like, "Oh my god, daylight. There's still daylight?" You know, it's a, it's funny because you did segue perfectly into a segment of the show that we normally say for later. Yeah, but we're doing it now cuz I want to get this over with. Okay. I want to okay. get the I want to get our Lovecraft Country tax over with what episode are we on episode eight eight of ten what what fucking dude i am going to fucking cry if this gets announced for a second season because that means we have to do this again <laughs> i might not watch season two thank fucking god I, okay i'll say this much i'll say this much this was not a bad episode this week this one was okay I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good and, and this this is i'm not gonna be talking about the plot so much as as a nice little pre-mortem of what I finally realized what the show does wrong. Finally. First of all, we fucked around for the last four episodes and achieved nothing. So now we have to play major catch-up. So all of our characters are finally communicating with each other about what their various stories have led to. Which leads to, this week was a lot of monologues of people catching up and finally having conversations about their perspectives and what they've been doing. Okay. The, the the privilege potion from episode 5 finally came up to our heroes this week. And the most So hold hold on, let's re- let's reel it back a hot second. When we talked about that episode, I never heard you call it the privilege potion. Is that the real name? No, I call that's my name for it. Because that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> the privilege really potion. Funny. So the privilege potion finally came up three episodes later in the most like ho-hum, boring way possible where there was no conflict or argument about it. She was just like, yeah, he gave me a potion that made me white. And Letty's like, why would you take that potion? She's like, because I wanted to be a white lady, but I realized I don't want to be a white lady. I just want to create my own legacy. And I was like, I guess that subplot is the end of that. I guess I guess that was the the wrap up to that. So just uh, just a nice brief 
summary of this episode. Emmett Till died in 1955 on August 28th. And the show starts with this funeral. Dude, this is the most, like, 100 to 0 moment I've ever seen. Remember last week where we, we talked about, where you said it was a good space dandy episode? Yes. Now we're talking about the murder of Elm Emmett Till. The, like, the, 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 li- the lynching of Emmett Till. Yes. Pretty fucking, pretty fucking, like, hard fucking sharp right turn there, but, alright, go off. So Deanna, uh, the daughter of Hippolyta from the Space Dandy episode, is really disturbed by it, because that's the first time she'd seen anyone dead. She was at, Emmett Till had an open casket funeral, famously, because he was lynched and mauled, so his mother was like, everyone needs to see what they did to my son. So they had an open casket funeral, and she saw his face, and it was really gruesome. Uh, So she's really disturbed. And then the police from the last episode who found their dead cops, the police who are part of the cult, found uh, the comic book very conveniently left by Hippolyta at the crime scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Yep. And so they 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 come and a they, Last of Us Part Two moment, if you will. Yeah, the leaving map a vital that leads piece of paper the, at the, the, the movie scene. theater that leads directly to the location of our heroes. So so they they curse her. They 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 put on a curse, and I was like, oh boy, we got a, an episode starring a kid, and she's got a curse. This is my kind of episode. Yeah, this one was wild because the curse made her see hallucinations of. The girls from Uncle Tom's cabin. Okay. All right. And and the girls, they were like creepy dancers. They were like jittering and like doing these scary dance moves down the street. And they had long fingernails. And if they, it was like, it follows. It's literally, it follows. Um, And if they catch you, they're going to torture you with their claws. So she has to run away from these hallucinations. And of course, no one else can see them. And I was like, this is good. This is good stuff. Finally, some horror in my show. (laughs) Finally, horror in my horror show. <laughs> Finally, right? Yeah. And then in the meantime, our characters just monologue a lot about what they plan to do. And so finally, some plot progression happens. We finally get back to the police officers from episode five. We finally get back to February Bones and her plans. We finally get back to Atticus being active in his own show. We finally get back to the subplot about Monroe being gay. We finally get back to the pregnancy subplot that I forgot to mention because it happened in episode three and I forgot about it. We finally get back to the privilege potion. There's just all these plot threads. They just they they just had to stop talking about because we had to we had to go on a quest. We had to go on a little quest through through the museum uh, through through national treasure, and we had to go on a on a on a, a quest through uh, Korea, yeah. And we had to go on a quest through uh, an alternate space dandy dimension. But we're finally back at the plot. Atticus casts a spell. He's taught a spell by February Bones's character uh, that protects him, and the protection spell summons a monster. It summons the the monsters from episode one to act as bodyguards for him, and then she also puts a protection spell on Letty who can is now impervious to bullets and can't be harmed by anything. Okay, all right. Because she has the mark of Cain. It's in Cain and Abel. Now, I don't know if you remember this. Cain was the villain, dude. I don't know if you remember this. I wouldn't call Cain invincible so much as he managed to murder someone before they could do anything to him. So, okay. Didn't he spend the rest of his days in internal damnation? I think so. I don't remember. 
I don't think anyone wants to be associated with Cain from Cain and Abel. So it was weird. Um, so they talk a lot about Emmett Till's death. Was Emmett Till ever brought up prior to this episode, for the record? Possibly. I don't know. Okay. It's hard to say because I guess he was in the show. I don't know. I, I I don't remember none of these. I don't remember any of their names except for the protagonist. So anyway, so so he was strung up by barbed wire and and hung from a, a cotton gin factory fan or something along those lines. Yeah, um, I believe it was a cotton gin factory fan. So anyway, so Ruby, who got the privilege potion, talks to February Bones and she is like, I want you to feel what I feel, I can tell you aren't affected by the death of Emmett Till at all. This is inhumane. And she's like, no, I'm not because I'm white and I'm a magician. I don't give a fuck about Emmett Till or anyone else who died. So anyways, but she teaches Atticus a spell that is the bodyguard spell. And that's basically all that happens in the episode. Oh, and also everyone knows where everyone else is the all the time. Even though they might be spending the episode on the other side of town, they'll somehow end up in the next character's next scene immediately. Conveniently. Perfectly. So, anyways, the police curse Diana because they need something that she has, which is inside of Letty's house. And Letty's house is protected by a magic spell. And so she refuses to get it. And then she decides to just fight off the Uncle Tom hallucination monsters. So now they're just wizards. Now yeah. they're just all... Can you use magic now? Just so, no. because? No. Here's my issue, okay? Here's my issue with this whole thing. They can't use magic. They were given spells by February Bones. Okay. Like, they didn't learn how to do any of these things they didn't adventure for them they didn't practice them there's not that episode where you know where atticus is at his desk drawing symbols and they they yeah. never work and then at the last moment the cops show up put your hands up we know that you know whatever like and and it's a sting operation by these crooked cops um you know they got a tip from february bones that atticus was gonna get in the way of their plans and at the end of the episode oh my god you know he accidentally does something right that makes yeah. the spell work and oh my god i figured out the spell i did it at the right exact moment i mean owl house figured this out and owl house <laughs> is a show for children look at owl house did it I, I, and, and it, it's a show for children like so so basically our our protagonists have done nothing on their own they have done they have achieved nothing they've done nothing nothing they've done has mattered nothing they've done has amounted to anything everything that they have accomplished and have achieved is because february bones helped them to do so with like maybe two exceptions the one exception being Hippolyta solving the many worlds theory. Uh, and the other one being that the Kumil demon, Kumiho demon, the nine-tailed yeah. fox, told Atticus he's going to die. But then, apparently in the last episode, Atticus, as I mentioned, found Lovecraft Country, the book. Yes. So it turns out that he went through the portal and was given the book by... The Garnet ladies, I, re I realize they look like Garnet from Steven Universe. That's what they look like. <laughs> All so right. the Garnet right. ladies give him a book, and it turns out the book is from his son from the future, who Letty is pregnant with. <sighs> so they use the end of the book to figure out the villain's plans, which I think might be the cheapest moment in the history of television of all time. 
there's no discovery process. The the villain doesn't make a monologue. They he, she doesn't tip him off. She says she's going to be a she wants to become immortal on the autumnal equinox, right? Yeah. But the only reason our protagonist knows this is because he read the book. He read the book Lovecraft Country by his son from the future. So this, that's how he finds out. Sucks, dude. The, the whole plot is people being told. It's like it's like Detective Pikachu, where there's no detective work. No one does anything. They're just told by other people where to go and what to do, and those things are pre-done for them. They're solved for them. All the problems are solved for our characters. The magic spell that keeps the cops from entering the house was not done by Letty. Okay, it was not done by Letty in episode three. It was done by a Barbadian witch that she brings in to exercise the ghost of Hiram Epstein, of, of Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill, kill himself. himself. So our heroes have done nothing. They've done nothing. This whole show. You take the worst elements of like prestige TV being like 19 different subplots and a bunch of different character focus episodes and and a bunch of like whatever. And then you add in all these terrible prestige TV music choices. Today, there was an episode. There was a moment that I thought could have been really great because because we have a scene of our little girl. She's at a crossroads. The police are like, if you betray your family, I'll take this curse off you. And she says, she spits on the, the police officer's face and she goes, fuck you, you pig. And I was like, okay, a little heavy handed, but you know what? Yeah, she's taking a stand. Or he, or she's not gonna, uh, she's not gonna back down. She's gonna stand up to fear. Our little girl's gonna face her fear head on. And and so she gets on her bike and she's riding away from the the, the Uncle Tom monsters. And and I was like, this is like a great little like end of a kids horror film. You know, it's like the ending of the gate. But they have this like speech by some little Ruby Bridges shit kid, where like the speech is like, I'm here to represent all of the black girls who are just statistics and not people i mean and i'm like why is there a speech playing over this scene when this should be silent and all action and and like this is our character's big moment and you're like splitting it in half between this yeah, and like fucking this triumphant school speech. assembly speech it, yeah no it is a school assembly speech and there are there is applause in the background for what this girl is saying what's sadder saying please clap or adding in your own applause sound effect well it was it was probably the the applause from the actual sound bite you know yeah i'm sure right but also that's super weird and tacky it's uh, every single fucking i've talked about it uh, before i'll say it again every single sound choice they have made is tacky and and it's like uh, i just i can't help but think about all the great stories in the world that I'm not experiencing. Because you choose to sit through this every single week. It's for the content. I, I probably would have stopped watching it by now if not for the show. It just sucks. This show just fucking sucks, dude. It's so shitty. I like I, every week it's always some new bullshit, which I gotta give it credit for. I do gotta give it credit for. At least that'll come in here. It's it, it's like the big things remain the same, but like it's always like 
So yeah, so we went to fucking space and opened a fucking portal using some fucking telescope and some fucking toilet paper napkin shit I wrote on to write out a couple of fucking math equations. She wrote it on a notebook and used a telescope to open the portal to the Space Dandy universe. Dude, remember um, in episode one when the when there was the chase scene at like 30 miles an hour because they couldn't go over the speed limit, otherwise they'd be pulled over by the police department? I remember that when the show cool. was great and realistic. That was cool. That was a good idea, an original, fun, good idea that also gets across some of the, 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 the racial shit they're trying to get across in the show. But then you got everything else. I just, I gotta be real, man. I gotta be completely 100 with you. I, and I watched The Mandalorian. Great show. I, I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast. I think enough has we been said did. about it. No, I, I know, but I want to talk about the remaining episodes that I watched. They were all good. I recommend the show. It's great. I, I like it. I have a lot I could say about it, but, like, it's just not important because i think the truth is i just fucking hate television dude i hate the culture of television i hate that every fucking week someone is like are you watching this new show i've never fucking heard of and then i watch it and i'm like oh my god you know what your problem is is that you only watch tv you only watch american tv you don't watch german tv you don't watch like you, you don't get like different perspectives. You don't you don't come to appreciate anime like weirdness or like K-drama weirdness or like German fucking weird German movies. Um cuz I did watch a lot of German films in college and and those are always super interesting. Like these people like just only watch Prestige US TV which has been more or less the same since The Sopranos and Mad Men. It's like every every new show is a new Mad Men, it's a new Breaking Bad, it's a new Sopranos. Like, they're all the same. It's it's all, oh my god, complicated male anti-hero is going through, is fumbling through some fucking plot where most of the things are caused by their follies and character flaws, and there's 19 subplots with 19 characters I don't care about, and... And like, oh, it's all the same. It's all the it, same. It, it's you know, it's funny you say. It's funny you say that because I'm actually rewatching Breaking Bad right now. I just finished season two, and I've just been knocking out a couple episodes here and there whenever I you know don't have anything better to do. And I've actually been really liking it because it, it unlike Lovecraft Country, which just sounds like it has the biggest stick up its ass of all time, like all the time. It just will not remove the stick from its fucking asshole breaking bad is like the most like no like we're not gonna fuck around like here's the here's the fucking plot it's not that complicated the symbolism is like very easy to parse anyone can do it that's why i think like a lot of people really liked it but it's like all right cool here's the show here's a little bit a little bit underneath let's just do cool directing choices and have a fun time and watch walter white make some fucking blue meth and it's great and it's great because I don't fuck around and waste my time. And it's funny to see Brian Cranston make like this this face like he's about he's in like constant pre-cum in like half the scenes of like uh like any anytime <laughs> like anytime you look up you look up Breaking Bad, he's always like uh right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a face you can hear. It's yeah, you know, right? You <laughs> so, so like basically it's it's not even that shit's good. Like it's just good because it doesn't like Again, very similar to what you said about The Mandalorian last week. Does not fuck around. 
It like doesn't waste your time with bullshit dialogue. I feel like it's not the the thing about Breaking Bad and and what I almost I I think the Mandalorian too. They're not competing with other shows. Yeah, I think every show is kind of in competition with every other show to be the most relevant, to be the most complicated show this fucking season, to be the most like Stranger Things, to be the least like Stranger Things, to be the least like BoJack Horseman, to be the most like BoJack Horseman. Every show seems to want to be another show. And and it's like I, I'm watching the Owl House and I'm liking the show, but I'm also like, oh, OK, cool. It's 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 Gravity Falls, but. You know, you take the adventure part of like Adventure Time or DuckTales and and you have Gravity Falls on it, like it, it, down to the same like, oh, our our theme song is an instrumental that is mostly repetitive. And I think it's the same animation studio for that intro. Like it's very similar, like this weird it's animated in ones and and it's not in three fourths staging. It's a good like animated opening, but like I it's one of these theme songs where like it's just notes, so you can't recall it, which yeah. is very similar to the Gravity Falls theme, where it was just notes, but I mostly can recall it. This has been a big thing, I think, since, like, the, the, the start of, like, the 2010s of, like, super short intros or no intro or, like, just the logo. Like, I mean, that's basically, like, what I think what it kind of started with Lost, like I'll be honest episode. with you. What, what, what did it start with? Lost? I think it started with Lost. There, there's a really extensive theme song to The Sopranos, and it's fucking great. Oh, it's a great dude. That theme rules. That theme kind of slaps. Oh, it's so good. Got myself a gun. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I, you know, I watched one episode of The Sopranos. Too long. It's like sixty minutes of fucking. All these shows are too long, and that's why they're so padded and full of garbage. Like thirty minutes, man. Thirty minutes. It's so good to tell your story in thirty minutes, or like forty. I'll even give you forty, dude. Forty. Yeah, a lot of the Mandalorian episodes, the longest ones are forty-one minutes. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking great, including credits and uh, opening theme song, dude. Every. Every last, uh, uh, the last episode of I think every season in fucking Thirteen Reasons Why is ninety minutes. It's a fucking feature film. At the end of the show, they just drop this fucking feature like movie on your fucking ass. That shit's an- is that shit not annoying to anyone? No, it's awful. And and I, and I'll tell you something. I genuinely think that TV exists for people with no lives. That is, I mean, it's true. That's what no, it's no, been around well, for. I'll, I'll say this: no lives and no other hobbies, because. We have other hobbies. They're video games. It's not yeah. necessarily any quote unquote different or Be- better. Good or better. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think the volume of TV and the amount of time that TV demands of you each week exists because this is how certain people spend and fill their time. And meanwhile, with a game, you can buy a game that's two hours long. You know, you play it on itch.io. It's a game about a gay romance or some shit. I don't yeah, know. It's like, like, yeah, it's like 15 fucking minutes and you move on with your fucking day. Yeah. And you're like, that was that was something that filled my time. I actually have been playing a game that has really filled my time recently. Arms Ask still? me about it. What I, I said, was it arms? <laughs> no, it was not arms. I do like arms, though, but I haven't been playing arms as much. Um, I decided I'm not enough of a gamer. Okay. All so right. I went outside, I picked up a picket sign, and I protested the state of Israel, which is not a state. All right. But that did not make me more of a gamer. It, it just th- got me thrown in prison. <laughs> so uh, that is a joke, everyone. Um, 
The joke is that many gamers don't recognize the state of Israel. Dude, dude, this joke is over my fucking head. What the uh, do you fuck? not get? Have you never seen that meme? The, no. the state of Israel meme? No. It's it's one of these it's one of those like console war memes. Like someone did a console war meme edit where it was like people are like some say the PS2 the the PS4 is the best console of all time. Some say it's the Xbox 360. But we all know Israel is not a legitimate state. <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, I love, I love gamer political humor, dude. It's dude, like my fucking kink, dude. Gamer political humor is so funny. Fucking shit's incredible. Bro, women and minorities. <laughs> Not, the, the, the phrase women and minorities alone makes me laugh because it's so, it's just so, it, like, I associate it with gamer politics humor. <laughs> Uh, my my other favorite one, dude. Is that- I, I, I you know what's funny? I was thinking the other day in the my, in the car. I'm like, man, the word minorities is really fucking funny. Like that's a really like shitty way to describe someone. You're a yeah. fucking minority. It's like what the fuck, dude. There's not enough for you to recognize you as anything more as anything worth the fucking value. It's like Jesus, man. What the fuck, dude. There, there was a great. I forget who fucking made this joke, but it was, a, it was a great joke. It's gonna be Louis C.K. and I'm gonna get canceled for even quoting him. I'm just watch it happen. But there was a great joke someone made where he's like, Americans will go to Africa and be like, oh, look at all these minorities. <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. We don't, it's we so, don't call people by their races. We call them minorities. Yeah, it's like, it's like, geez, it's such a fucking, like, dehumanizing thing that everybody does. Everybody does it. It's like, Everyone does fuck? it. My, my favorite thing, this, this is my favorite, like, low-key, high-key sexist thing is when people call women females, just straight up female. <laughs> like, like that, the, the Yu Narukami dancing video that's like, bitch, pussy be wet af and bitches ask me why I bust so, f- so fast. Bitch, you ever put a hot dog in the microwave for two minutes? Exactly, you stupid head, bald ass bitch. Don't ask me such dumb shit. <laughs> like, but, but, uh, nobody said, yeah, it's, um, pussy be warm af and females ask me why I bust so quick. <laughs> females. And females ask me why I bust so quick. <laughs> but I, I've been playing a game with a female recently. Is it is it Tomb Raider 2013's Tomb Raider, a game I know you fucking love? I love that game almost as much as I love the idea of getting a vasectomy by force in a nail salon. <laughs> fucking female miles who the fuck who were you fucking playing so as mentioned i'm not gamer enough and i and i realized why am i not enough of a gamer it's because i have never completed all 32 levels legitimately of super mario brothers on the NES. So, oh my god seriously no i've i've beaten the game with warps and i said to myself you've never beaten the game from one one to four eight four i said to myself this cannot continue so I, I I sat down and I I I've begun the process of grinding that, that game the fuck out. And let me tell you something, man. I'm close. I made it to A two today. And like, and I will tell you something. This game, like, if you've never beaten it legitimately, I'm gonna tell my enti- the entire podcast audience. If you've never beaten it legitimately, it's gonna take you a few days of just like grinding, dude. It's tough. It's fucking tough, dude. Well, well not only is it tough. It's not generous. Like I was, I was thinking about this. It's like you will never be in a, in a. You can't 
press the A button off of an enemy's head to leap off of them. That's not a thing. Yeah, no, you yeah, get a no, bounce. You only get a, you only get like a very small like basically if you were to tap the jump button. Yeah, hop. you get you get a bounce. You get a short hop, and all you can do is like press forward on the arrow to like hop over enemies that are in quick succession with each other. But you can't like do acrobatics on enemies' heads, and it, it's it's kind of incredible that that's an innovation from later games because it's yeah. so iconic to Mario. But that game is not generous. It's not forgiving um, because you can't bounce off enemies' heads, which also means you can't get one-ups from from them you have to kick yeah. a koopa shell and have the koopa shell hit yeah i mean so there's i think only one level where you can get a one-up from a koopa shell uh three two um and you you have to know exactly you have to know exactly for like normal people three one is where you get it the koopa shell from that's the level that where they, they're both coming down and it's easy to get them on the stairs up by the flagpole oh no i i mean i mean like the like basically a koopa shell like you have to hit eight enemies with the with one Koopa oh, shell. Oh, oh, you're talking That's legitimately. I mean. You're talking yeah, not legitimately. Doing the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which which I think there's only one stage that I have discovered where you can do it reliably, which oh, is yeah, think, three two. Yeah. But the other thing is that th- there's no one ups for getting the top of the flagpole. There's no one ups for running over enough enemies with stars. So you you genuinely need every. I I'm only in touch with my Jewish heritage a handful of times in the year. And that is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Hanukkah, Purim, and when I'm grabbing every coin in sight in <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, baby! Oh, Man, it's, I'm picking, good, it's good to be a penny pincher in that dude, fucking I'm, game. I'm pinching every penny. And, and the thing is, if you want the hidden one-ups, not only do you gotta know where they are, you gotta get every coin in the sky stage of the previous world. Really? Yeah. That, that's what makes those mushrooms spawn. Really? Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. You have to get every coin in the sky stage of the previous world. If you don't, the hidden one-up will not appear. Huh. And you have to make it to the hidden one-up without dying. So you can't restart the stage. Um, so, like, I am able to get 12 lives by the time I get to, to world 7, roughly. I might yeah. lose one or two by that point. And then I get to world 8. And I managed to make it to World 8-2, and that's it for that run. But And Dude, it's nice because World 8-2 has a 1-Up Mushroom that yeah, you can just Yeah, which you getting. can yeah, basically get very consistently once you learn how to Yeah, but, go but then it. you start to throw when you panic. Uh, and, and you throw big time, and then so, you lose at 8-2. So it's, you know what's funny? I've actually, because I've played, because in co- cause when I was in college, there was a section of, there was a, a big sector of time where I was super depressed. And the only games I could really sit down and play were NES games because they were quick. I could beat them in like five to 40 minutes or so most of the time. And that's all I did for like a month and a half, two months was just replay Super Mario Brothers on loop. And a lot of the times was with warp. So I am super fucking good at eight, one, eight, two, eight, three and eight, four. Those levels don't fuck with me. Eight, four fucks with me a little bit. The hammer brother. I, I, usually tend to fuck up once or twice on my runs but i can get through consistently like from one 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 two warp four one four two warp eight one eight two and eight three without dying most runs because i've just played it so much but what's really i think what really gets you though is when you do all the levels prior a you don't want your fucking mistakes to add up and B, I just have less practice on like World Six and Seven. Actually, those, those I, ones I aren't too world, bad for have, me. 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant Worlds 5 and 6, because 7 is basically just a rerun of World 2, yeah. more or less. Yeah, no, that is a... I, I wouldn't call Super Mario Bros. a hard game, but it's definitely not easy. It is definitely would, not like this walk specific. in the park. It has very specific requirements from you as the player, and you have to meet them. You got to yeah. get used to some odd physics, very odd physics. You have to, like, if, if you want to golden path the entire game, you have to stock up on lives, and the only ways you can stock up on lives is, is via basically achievement unlocking and grabbing a bunch of coins. Like, it, it's, it's one of the more interesting Mario games because... It just doesn't, nothing play, has played like it or been as demanding since. Like, I am probably going to move on to Super Mario Bros. 2 and 3 after this. And I'm probably going to attempt Super Mario Bros. 2 Japan. That's the but one to like, do. I have, I have beaten that one legitimately. I have used, I, there's a Koopa shell, infam, pretty infamously, right at the start that you can get 128 lives at. Um, but you can't go over that because otherwise you you I think you overflow and then the game crashes. <laughs> yeah. Um. When you when you die. So I've so I've beaten the game legitimately mult like at least two or three times. Um. With that glitch, and I end up usually it takes me like I think it took me like hundred or so lie or not hundred but I think like ninety lives my first time and then second time I think it was like fifty sixty. You do get better at Mario, which you, which I appreciate. Like you can really chart your progress in a unique way, where it's like, oh, oh no, fuck, I, I made I it mean, to. I'm, I'm reaching you know, a point where I'm taking hits around stages five and four and six and seven, but I'm not dying to them. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to a point where I can make it through the first three stages as a single fire Mario, relatively consistently. Um, but there is, this is one of those moments where, like, you're like, man technology because there sprite flicker is a huge issue in later fortresses when the sprite flicker obscures the size of fire bars yeah so let me ask you this what are you playing this on uh nes classic okay okay gotcha i, I have I, my experience with nes classic and snes classic are super limited like just one of my buddies had them and i played it a couple times so I, I don't know how they emulate that. The emulator I've used to play on my NES games has never had sprite, sprite flickering issues. So sorry you've had to deal with that. Hey, I, I'm actually just glad to say I'm doing it on something resembling original hardware. I, I feel pretty proud of that. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's a weird. It's been weird, especially because Zelda One is like, I it, it, just like England is my city. Zelda One is my city. Um. <laughs> I, I can beat Zelda Hyrule 1 in 80 minutes. Hyrule is my city. Um, I can I can beat that game in like 80 minutes consistently without a single death. Uh, like I can golden path the shit out of it. How the f dude? I would I would really love to like sit down with you together and like play do a full fucking playthrough of Zelda One because I need to know how to beat that game in 80 minutes because I want to learn how to beat that game and it not take me like three four hours. Yeah, sure, I could teach you. It's pretty easy, but like. Meanwhile, you know, the other side of it, because, like, you could consider the NES library like a Triforce, right? You have Super Mario Bros. That's the ultimate gamer test of platforming, right? Yeah. You have Zelda 1, the ultimate gamer test of adventure gaming, right? And then a third one. You can decide which one Me that is. Metroid, I guess. I, I would say Metroid, but I feel like Metroid is... For the, for the Nintendo Triforce, I'd, for I'd the throw Nintendo fucking Metroid Triforce, probably, yeah. I mean, my thing is this. If we're going, if we're going off of difficulty, I, I, think it's, I think it's Contra, 
Castlevania, Classicvania, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I, th- those are like the the realistic difficulty games that you can complete. And I have completed Castlevania, and I have completed Contra. I've never. I just. I I like I Ninja can't. Gaiden, but I don't want to. I, 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 t- I remember we we talked about this with Tom uh, because he, like he just beat it um, before he we did the Nintendo bracket and. I'm like, dude, you. There's no fucking way. I'm like, there's no way you beat that fucking game, dude. And he showed me the credit. He showed me the photo we took at the credits. I'm like, fuck. Like, I, I can't. That game is impossible. I don't know how anyone's supposed to beat Ninja Gaiden one, two, or fucking three, especially three US, because three US doesn't even have infinite continues. I I will say this. I, a Ninja Gaiden gives me like Mega Man X. Like that trilogy gives me a Mega Man X kind of vibe. Where, like, I, there's a half-life to how much I like every successive game. Because I like Ninja Gaiden 1. I think it's nice and simple. I think it's a good, solid challenge. I like the power-ups. I like, I like the, you know, the platforming is not horribly punishing. It's mostly the enemy design that's bullshit. And then 2 is, like, as good as 1, but, like, less balanced. There's less use between all the power-ups and, like... Uh, uh, um, and then 3 is... is i'm with you on x3 i i think x2 gets a bad rap from a lot of people when i think that game is don't really bad the more i play both of them the more i realize oh two is actually kind of on par with one like it really is that good to me i think one's more focused i just i i just yeah more it's less focused and yeah. focus is really important to me. I, I think I notice when a game is sort of scattershot and scatterbrained. And I, I generally think focus is what I look for. I mean, for example, you could have a really good episode of a television series about a young girl hallucinating a bunch of monsters from a book. Yeah. But it lacks focus, and thus it's just – it bothers me. Yeah. Focus is really important to me, I, I think, in basically everything. Um, and, and it's why, like, even, like, Splatoon 2, I just don't vibe with it as much because that game just feels less focused to me than 1. It feels, like, a little too wild, a little too, like – like, the, even the music feels a lot less like it has an identity to itself. It, you know, it, it's – and, like, it, it's funny you say this because I'm really thinking about, like – like, because w- the reason I say, like, X1 is more focused is with the exception of every single time I get the Hadouken, which is every playthrough, I, I go out of my way to get the Hadouken even though I, like, basically never use it. They the X1 is the only one where the bosses, the, the bosses do their rematches throughout the the three stages leading up to Sig- uh, the final boss with Sigma, where, yeah. like, every other game has the fucking boss rush. And despite it being so iconic to the Mega Man formula, I always forget. So when I get to the boss rush room, I always go, fuck, like, damn it. Like, God damn it. I got to do this shit again. I, I got to be real. I think the boss rush is one of, is like objectively one of the worst parts of every Mega Man game. I, it, it just, it slows down things to a crawl. I like, I like the idea. I like, the theory and i like it more in x i like the rematching the bosses more more in x because if you have it's it's integrated to the stage yeah because if like if you got boomer coanger's weapon who i always do very close to the end of my runs you can cut off octopus you can cut off locked octopus's uh, tentacles you can cut off flame mammoth's like a big uh, trunk and that shit's cool. Or you can fucking slice wire sponge in half in, in X2, which is incredible. Which is awesome. It's like the only alt kill in the series. Um, 
I love that shit. So like rematching in that, that game is way more fun. But I would wish they fucking did it where they just split up the fights like in Mega Man One and then X One because it just keeps the pace going instead of just stopping. So we can just redo this like four minutes worth of content. And four minutes doesn't sound like a lot until you remember that the game's total length is like an hour. Yeah. So that that four minutes is is I mean literally it's like four percent of the game yeah it's, yeah it's it's i mean that's not technically how that would work out it's closer to it's closer to what it's closer closer to one in 12 yeah yeah okay so four let's see 60 minutes oh my god i'm such a fucking moron okay so 60 minutes 60 minutes is is 15 times four so that's literally i just told oh my you god. it's close to one in 12 it's close to one in 12 of the total but what is the game. percentage of that it doesn't fucking matter. It's close to one in twelve. It's 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 just as good of information. It's I not. Can give you, I need to know I the can, percentage. All right, cool. I'll give you an exact percentage. Thank Four you. Four divided by sixty is six point six repeating percent. El Diablo. That's why it is. Because this, this fucking it's an evil design decision. It's evil, yeah. dude. Well, technically, technically, it would be six point seven if we were to round up. But I'm just trying to represent the facts accurately yeah i'm I'm trying i'm trying to represent my girl satania accurately oh Um, fuck yeah baby um yeah uzaki-chan got a second season how you feeling about that dude uh you know i i'm gonna have to watch it while it airs again i can't that's not a show i'm gonna revisit and it's not a show i'm gonna watch in a block ever it's fun to watch while it airs so I have to watch it while it airs. Yeah, and, and otherwise you will just never watch it. Yeah, there are some shows that I just, I like, people are like, you need to watch it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not airing. Like, I tried to watch Kaguya-sama backlogged. And yeah. I'm like, man, like, this is a show you need once a week. You know? Yeah, and it's really, and it's really fun, too, if you're watching the show week to week and you're a part of, like, you know, a forum or, like, a board that, like, will yeah, post I was, memes. Yeah, I was the in episode. the Uzaki-chan Discord, and it's, it's fun. Yeah, because like it's like oh, it's like a new set of potential you know memes and shit and like shit yeah. getting thrown around. It's fun to be a part of that. I watched a great video um, the other day. Um, it like just came out yesterday from Racefic about does multiplayer population like matter? Like how much does that matter? And it really changed my opinion on multiplayer population size because I was of the I was generally of the opinion that most games are like dead and it's really not the case like only there are a handful of games that actively do die off because the way they're built the player base just cannot be sustained by that and you cannot get matches and therefore the game is not worth owning and not worth playing because you cannot play it because it's a multiplayer only game but there is something to say about like i think people put a lot of stock in like the popularity of like multiplayer games because they want to be good at something that's popular i think a lot of the times which is why people really care because i was like he's right and i'm agreeing with everything he's saying but why do people still care why do i still kind of care and it's because it's like i was looking into like uh today i was looking i i I watched like 10 minutes of a two and a half hour tutorial video on how to play virtual fighter 5 just just because i was curious and i was like man virtual fighter sounds interesting it seems like a cool game to learn but also like we just got an, that announcement for Virtual Fighter Esports, which may or may not be, like, a new game. And, like, even if it is, like, just a revival of five, like, we don't know what what's, how big that extent's going to be. And do I really want to learn this game that, like, nobody's playing? It's not 
at any it's it's not at any major tournament in any official capacity and it's relegated to the the fucking bathroom realm like melty blood like do i want to do that and i mean i bought melty blood for five bucks and i kind of want to play it but it's weird it's like weird and i feel like with, with tv and movies it's the same way like i feel like with a lot of like what netflix puts out part of the reason you want to watch it is because if i don't watch it now people are going to stop talking about it a la literally everything on netflix yeah i can't think of a single show they put out that people are still talking about in a like a big way i mean i still love american vandal seasons one and two i think they're fucking genius especially season one i think is an actual masterpiece but that that's the problem is that tv's like it's funny because we have reached uh, in in 1960 whatever there was a, a famous speech made by uh a producer a or famous man executive, made by a famous man uh, he said, I have a dream that one day... And that man was Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, and that and that man was David Guetta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to his family. Shout out to his family. Anyway. I'm so glad you've seen that fucking video, by oh, the way. Oh, that video is great. It's one of my fa- It's probably my favorite video on the internet right now. I st- dude, I still... Dude, I still think about, like, cum sub, like, all the time. Yeah. Give me the cum! Give me the cum sub! Good protein! <laughs> yeah. Technically biodegradable! I'm not gonna lose my job just because you want cummy wummies all over your- <laughs> Give me your cum! What do you mean I can't have the cum sandwich? What do you- what do you mean I can't- No, it's- it opens up with- Subway, have it your way. What do you mean I can't have cum on it? <laughs> I think th- there are three videos I think of all the time, which is David Guetta ends racism, <laughs> the Bone King of Texas video that I sent you. Um, that that video, I, I I was in the shower the other day and I just I said to myself, it sucks that Jeffrey Epstein in a robot suit is the only candidate, or Jeffrey Epstein's brain in a robot suit is the only candidate on the ballot this year. It's like so, it's so funny, it's so fucking good. The delivery is like. Perfect. Dude, speaking of like good videos, I need to come out and say this. Every like once every like once a season, I go look up on YouTube and I rewatch the Gangnam style music video. And really? let me fucking tell you, dude, that I really do believe is the greatest video on YouTube still. It's it's so perfect and so perfectly encapsulates internet video culture in such a great way that's also a fun catchy song you can't beat it you can't beat it It, it's funny because this this uh, and this this might be a little too heady for like what we were talking about before but like fucking crack house had no not for crack house because we get smart on this show too but like it is funny because that video demonstrates like the cultural divide between how americans consume kind of culture and how we think of celebrities and like how Korea thinks of celebrities. Yeah. Because Psy is still going. Dude, he's still killing it, dude. Like, I've heard a couple of his other songs, and they're by no means not bad. He puts out a new music video. Like, a, a like a seriously produced music video, like, I think every, like, ten months or so. Yeah, and, and, and he's still making music. And prior to Gangnam Style, he was making music for ten fucking years. Yeah. Like, that, that man is still going, but, like, we consider him a one-hit wonder. And it's the same thing with, like, AHA. Like, these foreigners who, like, have no careers in America, like, we're just like, yeah, the, take on me, one of the greatest one-hit wonders of all time. And meanwhile, like, they're, they're I think, considered heroes of Norway. 
They were like they were like given an award by the Norwegian like arts and ministry culture. Yeah, you know it's it's funny you bring this up because I I wanna I I would love to speak with different like gamers from around the world to be like what's what's like it like what's like it in like your country or whatever because like you know I like it's it's it was like the whole there was a big you know the big brouhaha when Terry got announced for Smash yeah and everyone was like fucking who's this shit and then you meanwhile I got fucking Mexico and South America freaking the fuck out because yeah. you know SNK was fucking huge down there. Um, in a way that they just weren't in the states, and I feel like there's like in and I've been on a huge like Sega kick and Sega journey recently, just kind of going through all their stuff. And there's so dude, Sega's got so many great fucking games that they've published and like developed in house and stuff that like nobody really cares about because se- like Sega only took off in a big way here in the states for a few years with the Genesis. It, it is always funny to me because like. Every European I know is like, man, Alien Soldier is one of the greatest games of all time. And I'm like, we didn't Which get Alien Soldier. It is, and nobody knows what it is here. Well, it's because we didn't get the game. Yeah we, yeah, we literally didn't get it until, like, the fucking eShop. Or, until, like, we Virtual Console, I mean, but... Yeah, and, and it, it's, it's one of these things where, like, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, though. I, I was going to say a, a famous man made a famous speech. David Guetta once said, I, I implore you to sit down in front of your television with no distractions and just watch it because you will find that TV is a barren wasteland. This was in like 1960, right? Yeah. And we're kind of back to that, like where we have all this prestige content and all these things. But like at the end of the day, it's just so much and all of it's junk food. Like, because, because there is no creme de la creme anymore. It's all, every show is vying to be the creme de la creme. There are, there are like, and and I, I hate to say it, but like you can almost sort of respect uh, a show that like, I, th- I think I respect kids TV more than I respect adult TV because it, it's still so like traditional and, and it's still kind of upholding this idea of like children really get attached to television. It's not junk to them, you know? Yeah. So it's got to be good. I, I mean, here, here's the deal. I, I like I like agree with you, like in theory, with the idea of like children's TV, but I think children's TV programming right now is fucking garbage. Oh, it's I all just exa- so it's happens- all the same shit. Dude, like it's, it's literally all Steven Universe clones. Dude, n- n- it's no, no. There, it, Steven Universe was wiped off the fucking face of Cartoon Network, dude. I so here's what happened. I just so happened to the TV was on. My mom left the house. If I watch thirty straight seconds of Law and Order SVU, I am fucking sucked in until the end of the episode and then i have 30 seconds to decide whether or not i want to fucking bail or if i want to be there for another one i don't know what it is about that show miles but no matter when you catch an episode it doesn't matter if you catch it in the like it just started you catch it 40 minutes in 20 minutes in 30 minutes in 50 minutes in the last two minutes you're like fuck what's going on i want to see how this ends it's like i don't even know what's happening i missed half the fucking plot because i was fucking jerking my dick to the you know fucking latest fucking maguro jab like i can't be fucking doing this shit dude i can't be sitting here watching another fucking law and order svu episode but like anyways i couldn't do that so i just i'm like oh i'll flip to cartoon network and they had a they had like an hour-long teen titans go special playing it was like a were like a Teen Titans World Tour kind of thing. It was pretty. I watched like five minutes of it. I thought it was funny, and then like turned it off. But I was like flipping through, uh, like 
wait, what's the plan for the programming for like the rest of the day? All fucking Teen Titans Go. And then it was like, I think it was all Teen Titans Go and then like an hour block of Gumball and then it was Adult Swim. And I was like, or what the fuck? I was like, what the shit? Like when I, when we were fucking growing up back in fucking my day, like they were playing so much stuff. They were playing reruns of like older stuff, like, um, like, you know, Dexter's Lab. Like, you know, Powerpuff Girls, like, you know, 90s shit, right? Yeah. Alongside the, you know, the the mid-2000s cartoons, like, you know, Candy. Well, I'll say this much. I think I think the problem is that you are, you're a Cartoon Network guy. Uh, Disney Channels is is kind of where it's at. Yeah. Oh, okay. Disney Channels so, where it's at. I haven't checked in on Nickelodeon in a while, but they have Nicktoons Network, which is like their graveyard for all their old shows. Yeah, you can catch reruns of Doug at 1.30 a.m. Dude, oh no, I have the fondest memories of like, I would wake up at 5 a.m. consistently when I was like 12 or 13. I don't know why, but I woke up at that time pretty consistently. And so I would watch an episode of Ren and Stimpy and be existentially horrified. Followed by an episode of Edgar and Ellen from Canada, how they speak to dude, each other. Dude, this is how you. This is why you are the way you are, dude. Is because you watch this shit. Like, yeah, I watch crap. Because during your during your 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 jumping your fucking face first dive into puberty, you were watching Ren and Stimpy reruns in Edgar and Ellen, and then and then afterwards before school, you caught an episode of Invader Zim. And it was uh, like, yeah. those three shows were like the darkest, most miserable existential nightmare shows and Edgar and Ellen, which was like more on the, it was sort of lighthearted, but it was still kind of like weirdly depressing. Shit. The fucking cartoon block from fucking 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the real dark hour on fucking Yeah, that's Nick the Tunes. real, that's the midnight That's era. the real midnight channel. <laughs> so, so like I caught that and I would go to school with those three shows fresh in my mind. Um, and just stew on 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 the fact that I intook the darkest media that was allowed to be watched in my childhood at the time. Um, but like, and then at seven, you got an episode of My Life as a Teenage Robot. Like three in the morning was when they showed Kappa Mikey again because oh, they were dude, ashamed. They they did. Do they still do reruns of Kappa Mikey? I don't know. I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched Nicktoons Network in forever. Because you can, most of those episodes you just cannot find. Like, they're yeah. just not anywhere online, which is sad because as like, as like an anime guy, it's like a really interesting watch. It's, it's a, it's, as we said earlier, it's a mango. Yeah. Um, like the, but uh, it's funny though. Like it, it's like, it is a comedy, but it uh, which, knows, which is good. it knows that it's it's being obnoxious and fucking, I just love bastardizations of anime. I just yeah. love it. It's it's like it's not like the other things that what's his face did that guy Chuck whatever his name is Chuck Chuck Nice Chuck D uh, Chuck Palinuk I forget his name whoever made that show oh oh whoever made Kappa Mikey yeah Chuck I think his first name is Chuck Chuck Laurie Chuck Chuck Lloyd Chuck Laurie Chuck. made two and a half men Chuck uh, in full from the house. television show the guy Chuck. who made Kappa Mikey is Larry Schwartz dude <laughs> Chuck also known for Ellen's Acres three delivery dancing sushi damn big big fan of Japan dude holy oh, shit oh no his entire he made the Speed Racer reboot oh dude I like low key kind of like the Speed Racer reboot the animation is fucking garbage but uh it's pretty fun i remember that one being okay i i think there was worse like because that was the era of like oh i guess all these kids are super into japan i mean the fucking rugrats had a japanese film called rugrats go to paris 
The greatest Japanese film of all time. Yeah, the most Japanese Rugrats film of all time, which I think is an incredible film. In Dude, every is that way. movie Mecca? Yeah, it is. It counts. <laughs> it it ends with a giant with Tommy piloting. Uh, he, Tommy gets in the robot. Tommy gets in the robot, and he ends up fighting Coca Labouche's assistant, who is in a giant snail. I remember like every frame of that film. There, there's a part where where he's spinning them around like Mario from spinning Bowser. Yeah, he spins them by by the tail, and he's like singing da 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 da. But like he's like babies go up and down. I spin them round and round. Dude, what a psychopath! Holy shit! Oh my god, no, he he's like elite. His alliance is nobody. Like he's he's aligned with nobody. At the end of the movie, he betrays Coco Labouche by embarrassing her publicly in front of an entire church. You know what? You know what? Also, that movie gave us that's like so fucking beautiful and precious. What? Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 Who let the dogs out? Who? <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby! The dude. fucking Baja Men, dude. The Baja Men's remix of Coconut is like genuinely awesome. And oh, I it's love so it. good. I love the Baja Men, dude. What? What heroes? A donkey is nothing if he don't have a bone. Hold on, I need to look up. So last time I, I I knew about the Baja Men, they had only like a little over a thousand Twitter followers. I want to see where they are now. They have Baja Men official as 2026. <laughs> my goal, my goal is to have more Twitter followers on the Crackouts account than Baja Men. We should get the Baja Men on the podcast. We probably could. Are their DMs open? Yo, they just posted a... a wait, what? Hold on. Hold it. They, they're on, the most recent thing is a retweet from Speed of Sound Podcast, which is not a Sonic podcast. Great photo of at Baja Men Official at DreamWorks Studios in 2001 when we were working on the end credits theme to Shrek. I'm thrilled at the great response to the Speed of Sound Podcast episode on who let the dogs out. Okay. And then there's this picture of them all posing right next to a cutout of Shrek and Fiona and Farquaad. I like, I, I, I have realized while watching The Mandalorian, I love babies. I think we disagree on this, right? I, I, uh, I think babies are the cutest thing in the world. I don't really like children. I fucking yeah, hate I, I them. Think I think they're that. fucking annoying. I think most, I think if you asked me about any group of people, I would probably tell you they're probably fucking annoying. <laughs> Poor people, annoying. Poor people on Twitter, annoying. Annoying. I I was I was talking about this where like people were complaining about um about like the 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 rerolling in Genshin Impact. Yeah. Um. And and they were like, this game should be just free. There should be no free to play elements. It should be just free. And I was like, all right, here's the thing, my man, dude. I bro, what if hear me out? What if I make my epic? solo comeback to twitter and it's just at poor people twitter that and i just great. and all that shit is just i just retweet like like people just saying like you know poor people shit yeah fucking fucking poor people and, and i want to i want to say something up front okay there's a difference between being a poor person and being a twitter poor person hey, let me rephrase that not even poor person person who just doesn't have a lot of green person that just does not have a lot of money yeah no there is a difference between being broke and being a poor person yeah like i think i think that is kind of the the distinction because you can be broke right and yeah. not be a poor person because a poor person is a very specific kind of like 
weirdly entitled person who has no money and they're always fucking begging you for money. Again, you can be someone who is struggling with money. You can be someone who is frustrated with a minimum wage job, frustrated with, you know, the lack of wages in this country. You know, there's lots of ways to be a legitimate, you know, a legitimately well off, like, or not well off, but like a person with a very valid stance based on their financial situation. And then there is being a Twitter poor person. Which is people who are constantly complaining that they don't have enough money, but they're always spending it on frivolities or like artists with no hustle. This is dude, artists with no hustle is like my biggest online pet peeve. Oh my god, it throws me up a fucking wall. Now let me say this. Let me say this. I want to start off by saying that just for my street cred here, for the record, that when I started working full time, I have not gone back to doing this, but when I did start working full time. Every two weeks when I got paid, I would go out of my way to search out an artist who had commissions open, and I would reach out to them. I'd I'd get a commission done of, like, Moogie or something. And and just to, A, have more Moogie art out in the wild, you know, a public service that's really important that not a lot of people are, are thinking of. Everyone's too busy, caught up on the fucking environment and shit. Like, I don't know why you're fucking worried about that when I'm doing the real shit out here. Hey, the the environment's, like, burning right now, dude. Those forests are gonna be gone soon. Moogie is eternal. Yeah, and do you know who posts on the... you know how many people post on the fucking r slash Moogie subreddit posting new photos every day? Fucking one person. That's not enough. That's not enough. We need more people. We need more hands on deck uh, to get more Moogie art out into the wild. If you're an artist, by the way, listening, please send Moogie art. I, I will. We will retweet it. Uh, and we'll give you clout. We'll give you so. We'll give you that little. We'll give you a little bit of a little bit of that social clout. A little bit of social clout. It is so funny. You think artists listen to this? It is so funny. You think that? It, no, they 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 turned it off when we called them poor twenty minutes ago. <laughs> they probably should have. But uh, but they but, were really into the Rugrats discussion, and then and then we turned on them. Yeah, this is a wild fucking show. Thinking about it, but uh, but really though, in all seriousness, like I I I worked with a lot of different people when i when i got those commissions done i think in total i did about like 10 and i worked with i'd say probably like like eight or nine people during that time frame because i definitely doubled up on a couple and there were a few i had awesome experiences with i thought their prices were great i thought their turnaround time was awesome um one person i worked with i hope they open up their commissions again soon they uh they were in dire straits they opened up commissions they got basically they got, I got, got in there and they filled up in like half an hour and they told me ahead of time, basically being like, Hey, heads up 24 other people just got something from me. So it might take a second. I'm like, okay, cool. And they kept me up to date. That shit's great. Support good local Twitter artists who need your help and you need your support. But what I can't stand is people that a over like super fucking overcharge for like shit that I don't think is fucking worth it, which I know is subjective. But I feel like there is like a line where most people would say like, that's not worth $80. Like if you're charging line art, like, you know, some okay, decent line art for like 80 bucks. I'm sorry. Sus, bro. You're looking a little sus and fucking I think, I think it's also a case of like, if you're charging $80, cause here's the thing. Cause there are like Twitter artists, right? Who are like charging yeah. like $800 for character portraits, but they're not charging you eight hundred dollars. There, those prices are for professionals. Yes, Th- those prices. Yeah, yeah, those prices are not for you. They they are for like, hey, I'm working on a, you know a video game. I need portraits for my game. This is a product. 
yeah. uh, that's going to be sold. I am. I want you to do, you know, portraiture for it or like whatever. I want you to do a character design. Great. That's going to be $800. Okay, sick. I can afford that for my my fucking giant project I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, dude, like, that's why, dude, that's why fucking video game Kickstarters need millions of dollars to be properly funded for like yeah. shit like this. And 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 that that's the thing. There is a difference between like you can quote unquote like people are like don't undersell, don't undervalue. But, I agree. Like, if, yeah, but but like here's the thing. I think people don't undersell or don't undervalue. They they sell and value based on what they know they can get. Um, and and people I think should be hiking their prices as both their quality improves and as their fandom improves and as their time becomes more limited. Exactly like, because that's that is the thing. Because here's the deal: I have no issue if like hypothetically Ego Raptor comes back to drawing or whatever, and he opens up commissions for like a, a for like a certain amount of time. Those are probably going to be pretty expensive as a supply and demand situation. Because I'm sure like like because if Ego Raptor put up portraits or whatever for twenty bucks. Oh my god, he'd be he you know he'd be swamped with work because he has a, such a big fucking fan base. So obviously, like something more simple from him would cost more because it's fielding out the people who are like, okay, I would definitely I want a piece of Eagle Raptor art, but I don't want to pay you know fifty bucks for it. I don't want to pay sixty, and then you find that right price. That's how supply and demand works. I went yeah. to an economics class in college, but my my issue is specifically like the 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 like you know sort of the younger artist crowd or the smaller artist crowd that are just kind of doing commissions as like a kind of like a side gig or a side hustle it's like I, I, what gets me upset is when i see someone who has r- real talent and it's wasted because they i i i get them to do something and they just disappear from me like there was one time i, I ordered a, a a piece of fan art from some guy i paid him like 35 bucks didn't hear from him for like three weeks and then just hit him up one day in the afternoon and be like yo dude like how is this going? And he's like, 50, he's like 50% done and sent me something like two hours later. So I'm like, okay, did this guy just start on this now? Or has he really been working on it? I'm like, I don't fucking know. And they ended up getting it a few days later. I just feel like for every like good experience I've had on, on Twitter with, with an artist, I've had like a really like shitty experience or like just, just like a, it just didn't turn or like the end product just didn't turn out super well. Or I felt like I paid like too much money. And like, that's in a common that's in like in the wild West and, and doing business, like individual, individual business like this. Yeah, that's that's mainly it. Is just I just get frustrated uh, when I see people that have like talent or whatever, just like you know, not, not, not use it or just like overcharge. And it's like, what do you, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I feel like the prices. And here's the funny thing: I feel like the worst prices always come from the people with the worst work ethic. Yep, and, always, yeah, always. And and it and it's funny to me because like like. One of my favorite artists is Bonnie Chan. I think she's an incredible artist. She's one of the few people who does things in a, in a painting style. Um, and she does a lot of, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure paintings. Incredible artist. And I, I would pay, you know, I would pay whatever the fuck she asks for. If she asked for $500, I'd pay it. You know? Yeah. Because I just think she's that great. And she yeah. could take a fucking year to do it. And I would still, I would still, like, pay for it, right? Yeah, of course. Um... Because I just see the quality of it in such a way where I'm like, this is not a product that I could get easily from anyone or anywhere else that I know of. Yeah. This is all I know of. So, like, but meanwhile, like, I always feel like, you know, artists who are like, hey, I'm really desperate for money. I, you know, I'm opening my commissions, like, and and they know that they got to make as much money as they can. So I'm charging $30 for a full color plus shading. Uh, I have six slots open because that's exactly what they need. They get the money, uh, you know, and, and, uh, 
they they get it done as fast as they can. Usually, it's after the thing has already been paid for uh, that they needed to pay for, and and usually they're more diligent about it because they're they're grateful. You can kind of tell when someone just wants the money, yeah, but says that they need the money. Yeah. Uh, you can tell, and like and here's the thing: I have a shit work ethic. I've acknowledged it before. Like, I would never open up commissions. I just would never be able to do it. I would, like, I could probably make money doing writing commissions, you know? Probably. Yeah. Um, but I won't. Because I would never, I would never make good on my own, you know, on, on my own deadlines. I know that about myself. I need, uh, I need a strict work schedule. Uh, and I need to be my own, either my own boss, or I need to have a boss, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't have random Twitter user be my boss. And, and it's one of these things where, like, I just, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who are just like me and also don't realize what a disrespect it is to people who probably aren't rich and probably, you know, and probably, like, are, they're paying for a luxury the same as everyone else, right? Of course, yeah. But but at the end of the day, they, they, they also recognize that that luxury they're paying for is the luxury they get to pay for. It's all they get. It's the same as having a, a shitty meal. You're going to be mad about a shitty meal, right? Of course. Or like a shitty gamer or like, yeah, a, fucking sh- like shitty a shitty game, concert. going to see a shitty movie. Like, yeah, like and that's always going to be the case because that it, it sucks. It's like because like that is the benefit of like, I mean, games in a way like if a game sucks, like you can I mean, depending on how you buy it and like where you buy it from, but like, you know, Steam's got a pretty generous refund policy. You know, if you buy a game physically, you can basically trade it in or sell it literally anywhere. Um, so, like, you have options there as opposed to, like, you know, a meal that sucks, you're not gonna get your money back. You can't get your money back from a piece of art, either, really. Not really, You can only no. ask that the art be cancelled. And, like, yeah. so you end up getting this PNG of this thing you're not satisfied with. And you're like, fuck. And what do like, I do with I just wasted, like, 30 bucks, and it's like, well, I'm not even gonna do anything with this. It's just, it's just a, just a, a one of, like, a random file I have on my phone. And honestly, that's kind of why I, I, I stopped doing them. Like stop getting them just because you, it was what like. What do you do with art at that point? Because it's like, well, because it was like, because I was in a place of like, I, I don't, I didn't plan on on being at my house for like that extended period of time. So I'm like, oh, I'm like gonna get all this art, and then when I move out, I'll like actually get it printed or or try to get it printed or sent to me if that's possible. And like, oh, we'll do like a little frame collage, and it'll be cool because it's like like art, like I funded, like I patroned this shit. And it is mine in a way, because, you know, I brought it to existence by paying someone to do it. I, I just, like, I ended up staying here, and, and I'm like, I still don't want to put up, like, new photos or anything. Like, I even have a couple of physical pieces. Like, again, one of them was sent to me, and I just, you know, it, I have it over my fucking stash of weed. Like, I just don't, I didn't put it up or anything, because I'm like, I'm not going to get a frame for this and hang this up when, you know, I'll be out of here in a year or whatever. Yeah, it's just... Like I've I've reached a point where I I only commission art I'm gonna use from something yeah commission an icon oh I have a, I have a shameful fact I have to admit to everyone all right but I I gotta I gotta do this I I, I want I want to preface this after I say it so I don't get you, are you gonna hit us with with you're getting an you're coming back to Twitter with an anime profile pic uh I had to come back to Twitter for business reasons actually okay. I'm I'm working on a project which I can't really disclose, but I was asked for the project to conduct it through Twitter DM. Okay. And I said, that's "Why? Fine. Why?" And they were like, "That's what the person th- basically we we have someone on the team who just does not have access to Discord and they're on a, a more of a professional." Um 
They're, and, they're and professional, they're, so they use fucking Twitter DMs and not well, email. Basically, they're basically there's someone like what I mean by that is is not their conduct, so to speak, but like that they are are a significant, important member of the team. Um, that we can't just be like, sorry, we'll loop you invite via email. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. we need to be in constant communication. And they're like, Twitter works, um, so we'll be using Twitter. And I was like, fine. So I, I had to get another Twitter, and I'm not telling anyone the handle. I'm not following anybody. I've muted everything. It's literally just a DM service. And even being back on the homepage of Twitter, I'm like, shit. I didn't miss this at all. I hate this UI. I hate looking at a Twitter banner. I hate this. It fills me with so much pain. It fills me with so much pain. I just, here's the deal. The big difference between you and I, Miles, is that I, I really do, I care about game news. Like, like a lot where you just could not give a fuck. Well, I, I get game news from discords is, is the thing. So, so I don't, I don't need like, and I, I usually get game news. That's mildly interesting to me from those discords. Um, so I, I don't really need to, to be in the loop about everything. Yeah, no, I like to be, I personally just like to be on top of it. So, so, so like yeah. I, I, I still use Twitter every day. I don't really like tweet on it. I only tweet on my personal if it's like for like an awkward pause thing. Cause I do stuff with them. But like, other than that, I like, I just have my, I have a separate private account for that's like just news accounts, but I'm still on the Twitter platform and I still check what's trending and I still get mad at whatever bullshit, but it is like a good way to like keep up with what's like going on. If you want to maintain some semblance of like what's being, what's culturally relevant right now. So it is useful in like that sense, but like having to see beyond that surface is, is shitty. God, what the fuck were you even talking about before we were bitching about artists? I don't even know if that'll Rugrats be Rugrats in Paris. It, it, oh, Rugrats in Paris, yeah. Oh, and the Baja men. We were talking about the Baja men. We want to get yeah. them on the podcast. I never said I wanted to get them on the podcast. I just said I want to overtake them in Twitter followers. I want to get them on the podcast. I think it'd be really funny if we got the Baja men on the podcast. What would we do? We would just not talk to them about anything relevant. The joke would be we have the Baja men on like, the podcast. Dude, dude, that's the joke every time we get, we would ever get a remotely, like, like well-known, quote-unquote, guest would be like, guys, we got him. We got Michael Jackson's brain and a robot body to come on Hatsune Miku's crack house. And we got him to, we asked him his opinion of Lollicon. This just, breaking news, Michael Jackson comes out of the grave to say lollies are based. (laughs) Michael Jackson comes out as a thriller zombie from his grave to to talk about Lollicon and the difference between Lollicon and child molestation. Only here on the crack house. Only on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll give you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> you'll be sitting on the edge of your seat like a Shotokan sits on the end of Mommy's lap. You'll think your headphones are a pair of Mommy's Milkies up against your ears on Sunday. From the guys that brought you Tomboy Outback in Big Titty Goth GFI Hop, it's... <laughs> Anime Milf Demolition Derby. Here at the Ara Ara Arena, we have we have the Milf Monster Truck Hour. <laughs> the Mega Milk Truck. The Mega Milker. The Mega Milker sounds like a fucking monster truck. Yeah, the Mega Milker. 
this Sunday, the Mega Milker versus the Sweater Killer. Let's go. Let's see how what's good. Let's see what happens next. It's like the crazy taxi guy where it's like, hey, 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 come on down to Anime Mills Ara Ara Stadium or whatever the fuck we just call it. Ara Ara Arena. Where are you going to see some of the coolest, hottest anime builds? Like the fucking bitch-ass mob from that Isekai anime? Nobody remembers. Let's have some fun. Oh my gosh! Mega Milker is about to jump over 16 Shotokans! I can't believe it. Miles, is he going to do it? Mega Milker's making the leap! The Shota boys are standing up tall! Which isn't saying much because they're only four feet! Oh, it does it! It does it. She lands right in the lap of an eight-year-old boy. It is insane. The danger that these... <laughs> okay, wait. You know you know how there's drag racing? Okay, so we don't have drag racing. We have femboy racing. Femboy racing? Femboy NASCAR. Femboy open car drag racing? Yeah. Open <laughs> no, wheel drag fem racing. The Femboy 500. Oh my fucking god, the Femboy 500, fucking shit, The Femboy shit, 500. Dude. <laughs> it's a, a Femula 1. <laughs> then you got, then you got fucking, uh, then you got fucking rally, rally racing. What, what do we, who, what, what do we do for rally racing? I'm trying to think, what would rally, okay, so what is, what are the tenets of rally racing? Because I don't actually know. So, like, rally racing is, and all I know, all, all this information, by the way, is coming from Sega Rally, like, 95, so, like, bear with me. Basically, it's, like, off-road racing in, like, dirt and mud and shit, and basically, like, very, like, tight turns to the point where, like, you usually have someone radioing into you, like, what turn you're going to be coming up on. If it's, like, you know, easy right, easy left, hard right, you know, and you have to, you know... <gasps> turn and drift accordingly it's kind of like a drifting thing just like uh, like but off-road <laughs> racing my my immediate the the i my idea is that and this is super dumb but you need to have uh it be a complete idiot and her condescending like tsukomi friend right so you have Tsukomi Welcome Bokeh to the Sundere Sega Rally Championship. So I'm I'm just picturing I'm just picturing Kaguya Sama on the radio with Chika in the car. Like <laughs> Chika's like like trying to make the turn and like yeah. fucking crashes the car immediately. And they fucking flip out and fucking die. Yeah, exactly. You get thrown what? out of the fucking Sega Rally car. What what okay, so we need we need a demolition derby. We need uh no, it's anime milf. It's the anime anime milf demolition derby. Oh yeah, no, I thought it was a monster truck rally. Oh, sorry, fuck. I I just well, I just I just assumed they're the same thing. No, they're not. A demolition derby is car smashing. It's it's other, cars but. on cars, but monster truck rally is monster trucks on cars. Yeah, I because I, I was thinking I was thinking like for the for the um for the demolition rally it would be it would be bully rally, <laughs> the most bullyable girls oh, in no, cars. Not Oh no! Oh no! Santania, uh, Santan Santana, Santana from JoJo's Santana, was our adventure part two. Who do who do win in a race? Santana from JoJo or Santana from Music? <laughs> Santana from Music. Probably Santana from Music. Actually, Santana from JoJo would hyper evolve to understand the car very well. Well, I, I was assuming this was a foot race. <laughs> Oh, he would still win, right? Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's the buff boy 100 meter dash. <laughs> it's it's the fit it's the fit girl 100 meter dash. Yeah, the the the, the fit girl Olympics. Yeah, the fit, fit yeah the fit 
the the fit girl Olympics, and then we can have the the thick what what the thick thigh. Uh, what do we want to do for thick thighs? Um, the 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 thick thigh, the thick thigh <laughs> Shit, dude, it's fucking sick. The thiathlon, dude. All I'm saying is, dude, when I open up end hentai, I'm running a thiathlon every fucking fucking day of the week on every fucking hour, bro. The thick thiathlon. Oh it's my! Just, it's just they, it's like um they have they have like a weight press thing, but they got to do it with their thighs. You know what I mean? The shot put, they got to shoot a shot put ball out of their vagina. See yeah. how far it goes. <laughs> Sam, do you want to end this show, please? Yeah, I do want to. I want to get the fuck out of here, dude. If you want to follow what's been going on at the R, what the fuck do you call it? The Ara Ara Arena. Ara Ara Arena. Yeah, if you want to follow up on what's going on at the Ara Ara Arena, definitely go follow at Miku's Crackhouse on Twitter to learn more. Miles, do you have any final words for the people before we fucking end this show? This Sunday night, prepare for Shota Smackdown! Sounds a lot like domestic Here at the violence. Lolly Convention Center! The, the Lolly... <laughs> the Lolly Convention Center? The Lolly, the Lolly Convention, Convention Center. Yeah. Yo, real quick! Yo, hold on, before we go, before I, before I end this show, I okay. need to pull up, I need to pull up this, this fucking thing that was so fucking funny to me. And I'll end on this. So obviously, as we know, you know, outside of the, the realm of the crack house, shit's not been so good outside. It's been a, t a radioactive wasteland. You get rads every time you step outside, and it's no bueno. I got but, attacked by a giant dragonfly the other day. Almost carried me away. Yeah, it was not are, fun. Yeah, no, those things are fucking terrifying. But also, what's terrifying are the prices at Connault Delete in Chicago. So I know this is really close to home, but like, hear me out, guys. So, so, so... Every so I go to conventions in my area usually once a year. The one I usually go to got canceled because it took place in May for obvious reasons that we don't need to get into. But they're coming. He usually but, goes to Rainforest. Yeah, Rainforest is where I usually. Yeah, you can usually spot me at Dashcon and Rainforest every year without fail. Check out, check out the Diaper Boy booth. That's where he hangs out. Check me. Hit me up in the in the piss and shit ball pit. <laughs> the piss and shit ball pit, dude. Fuck yes. Uh, if we ever if we ever have to retire Crackhouse due to like IP infringement, that's what we're gonna call our follow up podcast: the piss and shit ball pit. The piss and shit ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I so anyways, I just opened up my email one day and I get an email saying, "Hey, Connell, the lean Chicago is happening in like seventy five days in the middle of December. Keep that in mind." And I get this fucking email that I'm like, I'm like, they're no, there's no way they're doing this. There's no way they're doing it. And they're fucking holding a in-person convention center in December, which I think is a com comedically bad idea. And on the email, at the bottom of the email, they had a list for, you know, virus precautions. Reasonable. And the second point has this one piece of, 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 of contact that is the funniest piece of PR, I like the worst piece of PR I've ever read. Close contact events, particularly all our dance events, will not happen this year. Yes, that means some of our most fun events won't happen. <laughs> Why would you say that? Why would you word it like that? Do you want me to go to your fucking convention or not? Like some of our fun, like, hey, you remember the last year we went to this and we had so much fun at the fucking dance? Well, guess what? That shit's not happening this year. Hope you're okay still paying 45 bucks for a weekend pass, though. Fucking ridiculous. And then, of course, the whole gimmick of this place, by the way, 
is that they do free food to the point where <laughs> at the bottom of the email, at the bottom of the email, Miles, it's like, hey, con why, what makes Con Alt Elite different than your average shitty B-tier Midwestern convention because we cannot compare to anything that's going on at the Coastal Elite at fucking PAX East and, and you know, at Bull Crunch Roll Expo? We can't get those A-listers. You know, we're stuck getting fucking C-listers. Quentin Flynn's going to be at this shit. <laughs> I would like to go just to be like, hey, can you do the scene from, from MGS2? And he's like, what, what scene? I'm like, the car to five door scene he's like who the fuck are you and what the fuck are you talking about what scene i'm like the card five door scene when you slam like a little bitch and you're like i don't have crazy five card card five door i don't have card five and he's like and then i would be escorted off the premises and banned from the hyatt center but the point is at the bottom of the email they're like what makes us different the first thing listed is like we have Free, like we have unlimited all you can eat like free ramen and other Japanese bullshit you can eat we give you for fucking free and it's true it's true the ramen's like you know it's it's fucking 30 cent ramen you know but it's it's still ramen it's Japanese so fucking I'm in the spirit of it and here's the deal if you go to a convention, if anyone, con people know, know what I'm talking about, when you go to a con, they always get you on fucking food. I remember I bought a bowl of ramen at one place for like 13 fucking dollars, which is fucking egregious that I, that this con was selling me this shitty bowl of ramen for 13 bucks. So I'll take the 30 cent ramen because you're going to spend upwards of like 40, like you're going to spend up. If you go to a con for a full weekend and you're staying down there, you're going to be going, you're going to be spending like 80 plus dollars on fucking food where's this going it's cool it's really fucking cool miles that, that they have free food and that they're advertising it in this email except for the fact that in the middle in the fucking middle of this thing it says for safety there will be no con suite which is all the free food they're the people that do the free food will not be there due to safety concerns so this 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 fucking convention, which which says what makes us cool and different, we get good guests. Which, by the way, there's like seven bullet points about like guest meetups and shit. It's like, yeah, some of our guests they might not do panel signups or whatever. Then what the fuck are they there for? What the fuck is Quentin Flynn there for if he's if he might not hold a fucking signing? What is he just gonna show up for like a sixty minute panel? What the fuck? Why would he fly all the way out there in the middle of the Chicago winter? Now, at Realist Elbin on Twitter will know what I'm talking about. Fellow Illinoisian. They know, they know Illinois cold. They know Illinois cold. And according to this, every single line is going to be following social distancing. Miles, every single line of this convention is going to be following social distancing, which, as we all should know, is six feet apart. Fair enough. Totally reasonable. Except it's not because I've been to the fucking hotel and convention center where this is taking place. And there is not enough room in the convention center to properly social distance people if you want to let in a reasonable amount of people. Because here's the thing. One of two things is going to happen. Number one, everyone's going to get fucking everyone's going to get the Rona at this fucking convention. That's definitely going to happen. The other thing is that it's either going to be there's no one there. And part of the fun of a convention, Miles, is that you get to just be in the presence of other people who also are an anime ideology nerd like you. So that's the whole point. That's why you would want to go. You can't see the, those people. You can't see these people. You cannot take pictures 
with 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 you know cosplayers or you know you know fucking friends or people you meet up at these fucking conventions you can't you know you can't meet these, these fucking great guests like Quentin Flynn that they're bringing you you can't get free food which is like one of the main things they advertise at what makes this convention better than other conventions you could be going to and could be spending your money at instead there is no way this convention is going to be any good, and they're charging $45 for a weekend pass. And the only way you can get a one-day pass is on for Cyber Monday, Miles. For Cyber Monday, you can get a Sunday pass, which, by the way, I don't know if anyone's familiar, just in case you're not a con-goer like me or have ever went to a convention. Sunday is, like, the day you go to buy your shit. Like, and if you... And if you're like me, who lives 40 minutes away from the convention center and doesn't get a hotel, there is no reason to ever go down on Sunday because the convention's done by 5 p.m. anyways. It's literally just a day for people who are flying home to buy their fucking shit. You can get a you can get a Sunday ticket for $19, but only on Cyber Monday. They're not doing one-day tickets. You have to do a weekend pass. It's fucking bullshit. I'm calling Con out Delete Chicago on this. It's fucked up. Do not attend. Do not do this. Abort your mission. Abort your ticket. Just 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 get out of here. Anyways, thanks for listening to Hatsune Miku's Crackhouse. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. It's been a pleasure this week. Um, you can follow us again at Hatsune Miku's Crackhouse on Twitter. And yeah, Miles, do you like conventions? Uh, I do. Uh, I also. <clears throat> oh my god, the phlegm. Um, I do. I love conventions. Does that sound like a fun convention to go to? No, not what. Not at all. Uh, unfortunately, much like uh, Con Alt Delete Chicago, most of our most fun events will not be here next week <laughs> when we when we return. Next week will probably be a terrible episode in comparison to this one. Thank you all very much. <laughs> Please listen. <laughs> please, please clap. <laughs> please, please clap. This is for all the black girls who are just statistics. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Hey. Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna, a Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five.